everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Strategist. I'm Fallon Fulce. And for those of you who are new to me, I help business professionals ditch their toxic workplace so that they can actually enjoy going to work again. So this week, I wanted to share with you one of the books that I have been reading and a topic in there that really resonated with me. The book is actually Raising Your Spirited Children by Mary, and I'm totally going to butcher her last name, Mary Kursinka. Kursinka. Um, it is the topic that was in there. There's That's an excellent book, by the way, and if you have a spirited child, which I do. Um, but one of the topics that she talks about in there is the idea of being slow to transition and it's very interesting because it's like as reading the book it made me realize there are so many things that my children were going through that it's because I am like that but I didn't even realize that I was like that so and this is one of those things so the idea of being slow to transition it's like you are like you struggle to context switch like we hear about context switching and it's like when you switch from one task to the next, but we never really think about it outside of work, like, you know, an actual task that we're doing, like from our to-do list or something. But when we, in general, are slow to transition, it makes it so much more difficult to move from one thing to the next. It's like when you, it's almost like you're walking through molasses as you go from meeting to meeting in the day or you feel like you're still stuck in the meeting before because your mind is still there working out all the different things that are you know going into that where you're problem solving and all these things and then now you're pulled into another meeting and it's about a completely different topic completely different people not even the same time zone type thing and it takes you a minute to actually become present to the fact that you're even in a new meeting. And not only can that be counterproductive, because when you're not actually present in a meeting and you're not actually present where you are, you're not actually getting anything accomplished. So it's one of those things where just knowing and recognizing that you have that problem. And it's not even really a problem. It's just a personality trait. It's just how you are. And that in general, just knowing I struggle going from one task to the next. I lose time going from one thing to the next. Like, I couldn't even tell you. Like, there's so many times, like, outside of the whole meeting thing. Like, if you're, like, so, for example, my wellness coach likes to call this hover time. So, that's Megan Jones. She's amazing. So, one of the things that she talks about with me is that, you know, I hover. And we all do it. You know, this is not just a me thing. We all do it. We hover around the fact that, you know, I need to go to the bank or something and we spend three hours thinking about how we need to go to the bank 
when it literally took 20 minutes, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes back, you know, to actually go to the bank. And I mean, I do this all the time. And it, a lot of times we're not even aware that we're even doing that, you know? So being aware obviously is the first step to that is like, oh, I am actually hovering or I am being slow to transition in this time period. And that is the first step of even realizing that that's even happening. Because for me, I didn't realize that I was slow to move from one thing to the next. And I mean, people would always joke about how I would take so long to do something or like I would spend an extra ordinary amount of time taking a bath or something. And it wasn't that I was actually taking that long to take a bath. It was the process of me going through the whole thing. And it would just, it was not the act itself that took so long. It was me getting in the right mindset, getting to the point where I was ready to do it. And then once it was done, getting out of that whole thing where it was unwinding it and moving on to the next thing. It wasn't that the act itself took me so long. It was just the transitions between the tasks. And I find that this, you know, it applies for me at least, and I'm sure for some of you where it's not the task that takes so long that it is actually the getting ready to do the task and the debriefing on the other side. So one of the things that I've been working on is actually reducing the amount of hover time or the amount of time that I spend transitioning. And this has been, it's been interesting because I'm finding as I go through my day, now that I am more aware of my patterns of hovering and transitioning, that I actually hover and transition way more than I even realized it. Because, you know, it's in those moments that when you start to realize, oh, I could be doing so much more stuff or I could be intentionally relaxing instead of worrying about the future and actually not being present to where I am right now. Like how much more would you do and how much happier and present and aware would you be if you didn't spend so much time in this in-between no man's land? So that's been something that's really been something I've been working on. And, you know, some practical tips that I've been using is to actually just write it down, write down what you're doing. And it doesn't have to be forever, like just for one, two days, three days max, write down, okay, at this time I did this, at this time I did that. And just look at the task that you're actually doing, what time you're doing them in. And what happened in between when you switched from one task to the next? And just in the act of observing, what am I actually doing? 
you'll actually realize there are so many things that are happening in your day that you're not even aware of. You're not even cognizant of it even happening. And so that has been something that's been really helpful for me. And then the other thing is to, like, let's say, let's go back to our meeting example. So when you're in back-to-back meetings, which I'm sure a lot of you end up being in those kind of situations, it can be really difficult because not only are you like meeting marathoning, but you're mentally trying to switch from one thing to the next because, and it's interesting too, especially when it's meetings that you yourself have not um, scheduled, where it's people inviting you to these meetings. It can be really difficult because the people who invite you to the meetings are very aware of what you're going to be discussing in that meeting. But I mean, how often do people actually send out meeting agendas and how often do you actually read them ahead of the meeting right I mean who has time for that (laughs) and so it's really hard because the people who schedule the meeting know what they're going to be talking about they've got it planned out you show up and it's who knows you know you have no idea what their agenda is what they want to talk about what they're trying to accomplish with the meeting So you spend the first five to 10 minutes just trying to wrap your head around why am I here? What is going on? What are we even talking about? Do I care that your son fell and tripped? You know, like, I don't even know. You know, those stories where it's just the small talk before the meeting and you're like, okay, why are we here? (laughs) But it's in that And I think a lot of that small talk, not only, you know, you're connecting with people, but a lot of that small talk is happening because people are trying to wrap their head around what is happening. Why am I here? What are we trying to accomplish? And so that's people's way of actually transitioning themselves into the meeting. And so what I do and have done here and there when I feel like I really just need to reset is in between meetings, I will intentionally be about five minutes late sometimes. And it's not because I don't respect other people's time or I am trying to just be the person that holds up the meeting or is late. It's out of respect for myself. It's allowing myself the opportunity to fully transition so that whenever I show up, I am present and I'm ready to discuss whatever it is. And it's as simple as stopping and pretending you have to go to the bathroom or stopping and pretending you need coffee or tea or water. Maybe you do actually need some tea and some water, you know, maybe a snack, you grab something and you are taking care of yourself first, allowing yourself to fully transition, which to me is huge because, you know, to relate this all back to being in a toxic work environment, when 
people are slow to transition and they don't realize that's what's happening to them, that's when the frustration comes out. That's when the anger and the aggravation and the harsh words are said. Most of the time is when people are trying to transition from one thing to the next and they're just not there yet. I mean, how many times do you find if you've walked into someone's office and they're in the middle of something, they're impatient, they're, you know, they, the sigh, you know, and or maybe they're not as present with you as they would have been if you would have eased into things where or they would have had a heads up that you were coming. It's these kind of moments in a toxic workplace that can really make and break transitioning out of being in that toxic environment. Acknowledging that you need time to transition, acknowledging that the other person is not actually trying to attack you or phys- you know, verbally say things that upset you. And maybe they are, but you know, in this particular case, an example, when let's say you walk into their office and they're not fully engaged in what you're trying to say, take a minute and realize that it's not about you. They are trying to transition out of whatever deep thought they were in into whatever you're bringing to the table. And just that acknowledgement, and maybe you do say, go into the small talk for just, you know, very brief amount of time, just to allow them that moment to transition so that they can be fully present when you actually bring up whatever it is that you need. It's these kinds of techniques that you can use that really make a difference when you are trying to change your toxic culture. The change starts with you. And you being aware of other people's habits, needs, ability to transition. It's those kinds of things that really help you when you are in a toxic environment. So the other thing that I would love to leave you with today and If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I am a certified feng shui consultant and specifically around businesses and offices and corporate. So I, whenever I am, you know, trying to think about, okay, how can we bring it into the workspace itself? This idea of slow to transition, how do we change that energy in our office. And one of the things that to me comes to mind when talking about things where you're slow to transition, it's all around to me getting that momentum and completing. Because if you can't complete the task that you were doing, you can't switch to the next one fully and be present. So it really comes back to completion, which whenever you've got, um, so the type of feng shui that I practice, it 
uses a Bagua map, which basically divides your space into nine equal squares. And if you are standing at your door to your office, the area of completion is the right-hand side middle. And uh, I can link in the show notes a picture also to show you what the Bagua map does and how you can lay it out. But right-hand middle is the completion area. And it's also associated with the element of metal. And I mean, if you think about it, like completion to me, it's almost like a knife's edge, which is kind of goes with the whole metal thing. Cause it's like, you're cutting, you're cutting something off. You're done. Right. And so to activate that area and to bring in more completion and to allow you to have that momentum and to context switch a little easier, I really like the Newton's cradle, which is those little swinging pendulum balls. So you're bringing in the metal element, but you're also bringing in that momentum, that full circle of completion. So you can put that, you know, on the middle right-hand side of your desk. People will think it's really cool. They'll probably play with it as they come talk to you. And maybe that can be part of your transition. Uh, but I think it's just a really easy way to bring that element of completion into your office and bring that momentum, bring that ability to switch from one thing to the next, complete, 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 and then move to the next thing. So I hope that that is helpful. And I would love to hear if you actually put that in your office because I'm actually about to order one for mine and let's just play with it. Let's see how that feels. What does that shift for you? What does even the acknowledgement that you are slow to transition do for you? Does it shift things for you? Do you feel like you can more easily, more intentionally go from one thing to the next and reduce the amount of hover time which in turn at work will increase your productivity. You will do more in your day when you're not spending so much time mindlessly going from one thing to the next and wondering where is all the time go? So I hope that this has been really helpful and let me know if you put your Newton's cradle in your office. So until next week.